0: hello and welcome to this sustainable wine podcast this is a recording of a conference session that took place on the second or third of june 2021 as part of sustainable wines future of wine americas conference 2021 we'd very much like to thank the sponsors of that conference bsi bodega argento jackson family wines international wineries for climate action and avena thank you to all of those groups for their important support and i hope you enjoy the session Welcome everybody to our session on uh, global collaboration and and standards in sustainability and wine. Um, I know some of you have seen the previous sessions, if you haven't, the format is this, uh, I shall ask the speakers to just introduce themselves uh, with a a couple of lines, 30 seconds each, uh, and then I will ask them to make some opening comments on the subject at hand, which is really around how do we uh, bring together the best that's happening around the world into something useful uh, from a global point of view? Does that have value? Uh, what are the pros and cons? And what are the areas that need focus? It's very clear from the remarks we've heard over the last couple of days, there's a lot more than just uh, vineyard and winery impacts to look at. Indeed, Julien in the previous session from Jackson was pointing out how um, transport and packaging are the, the biggest areas of, of for climate impact. So the big question is, um, can we draw it all together? Should we draw it all together? And if so, how. Um, We don't expect to have all the answers here, but we certainly have increasingly better questions. And I believe um, there's a great appetite in the industry for collaboration now, which is fascinating to see. I mentioned at the beginning of the conference that I work in a number of other industries and the wine industry is by far the least cynical uh, and the most optimistic of those that I deal with. And it's a pleasure to work with the wine industry because I see so much passion and optimism and care for the land and connection with the customer, which I'm not sure any other product has. Uh, So it's a remarkable opportunity and we need to try and make the most of that when it comes to sustainability. Turning turning crises into opportunity is of course the holy grail. So uh, let's begin with some intros. I'll I'll go with the left to right on my screen. Richard, let me start with you. Give us your 30 second bio.
1: Thanks, Toby. Richard Bamfield, uh, master of wine, uh, but certainly no uh, expert in wine sustainability. I'm not a viticulturalist, I'm not a winemaker. I'm just a, i am just a enjoy the product and uh, love being involved in, in the industry. And it was actually a visit to Santa Rita and a talk from Elena uh, probably about five years ago now that first opened my eyes to the breadth of issues involved in wine sustainability. And since then, I've just taken a growing interest in it. And as you know, Toby, it was a misguided quote comment of mine in an interview with you a couple of years ago, almost a throwaway line about wouldn't it be wonderful if we had a global standard uh, that has led to us progressing with the concept of a sustainable wine roundtable.
0: Thanks, Richard. Yeah, we'll speak a bit more about that later. Um, Andres, uh, lovely to see you. Please tell us a bit about yourself and Grupo Avinea.
2: Thank you, Toby. Well, my name is Andres Valero. I'm currently the sustainability leader at Grupo Avinea. Well, I have been around sustainability and the the wine business for a while. Uh, I started doing some consultancy related to groundwater and uh, sustainability and wastewater treatment. Then, luckily, I got uh, the possibility to do a master's degree there in the US where I received an OIB fellowship. So, I study how to make a sustainable wine scoring index based on life cycle assessment. And I also have the chance to visit California and all their amazing programs there. And finally, I start working on the professional side of, of, on sustainability and also on different certification from quality, energy. Environmental certification, food safety. First for Grupo Flora, uh, and lady with this position of sustainability leader, just trying to build a program on sustainability here. So that's my background. Thank you on the topic.
0: Thank you, uh, Power Rocker. Welcome. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself and for, about OIV for those who aren't familiar people with your work.
3: Are on this list here. Hi. Thank you, Toby. And um, I like very much your words about being less cynical, week. sector, which is. <laughs> At least, encouraging. Um, I am Paul Roca. I am Director General of an intergovernmental organization that it's called OIV, and that I see that Eduardo, Andres Eduardo, has been part of of that. Uh, he said that he had a fellowship from OIV, so I'm very I'm very happy to learn. OIV, it's uh, the International Organization of Wine and Wine. and it's uh, it's almost hundred years ago that uh, some countries decided to create an organization of governments. Mm-hmm. It's a rare thing. It's not very normal to have um, from an industry uh, or from from an economic sector. Uh, to have such specific uh, type of intergovernmental organization, there is one for coffee, there is one for sugar, there is one for. Uh, they are all in the United Nations under the United Nations scope. Um, not many. They are mainly of them are commodities. We are not a commodity. We are a cultural product, and that, that it's cultivated. Under agro culture, so I- agriculture. And this is what makes a difference, I think, uh, in a very segmented product. And that uh, brings an opportunity also to have, a... because of the economic structure, brings also the possibility of being very performant in terms of sustainability. And the OIV, it's a standard setting organization it's like iso or codex or you name it there are a few standard so governments get around the table and decide what are the rules that they are going to follow together or and they make recommendations so so that's our role that's our job and it's a very diplomatic type of job but at the end it's very uh, say um, it's interesting because we, we get things going on
0: thanks very much um, always difficult to explain complex organizations and their their surroundings so thank you for that that's very helpful Elena um, life is a bit simpler for you I think
4: <laughs> hi hi nice for the it's very nice to be here and thank you for the opportunity uh, well I uh, my position right now in Santa Rita, I'm the director of Corporate Affairs and Sustainability. This is Santa Rita, it's a winery, but I have two hats. I'm also vice chairman in the research and development consortium of Wines of Chile. That is, well, Wines of Chile is the body, the associative body in Chile of the wineries, but we have this uh, research and development uh, institution that has been the responsible of creating the sustainability standard in Chile. And main other projects and i was the ceo when i we create with the universities that the standard so that it was my background and before that that maybe is uh, quite interesting for this is that i i've been part of the government in chile a uh, ministry of foreign affairs in the negotiation of the agreements the wine agreements so the wine agreements with european union and also with the World Wine trade group so well i and the international institutions so this Particular, uh, we don't, we shouldn't say product, but well, the wine is very special. Has a lot of international institutions, have a lot of different uh, bodies that represent. So it's good to be in, you know, in the in both levels, government and private, public and private.
0: Thank you, Elena. Yes, that must be a very helpful experience. Allison, uh, tell us about yourself and, and the work you, you do.
5: Thanks, Toby and Elaine. It's great to see you again. Um, I'm Allison Jordan. I'm the executive director of the California Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance, which is a nonprofit organization that was created by Wine Institute, which represents a vast majority of uh, California wine production in the California wine industry and the California Association of Wine Grape Growers, which of course represents the growers And we're all about promoting sustainability from grapes to class. And before I came to Wine Institute and CSWA, I worked in the environmental nonprofit sector. And I first got involved with California wine sustainability efforts while getting a master in public policy at UC Berkeley. And I've since had the pleasure of working with California vintners and growers for the past two decades. So I'm happy to be here and always happy to talk about our experience.
0: Thanks very much. Well, um, very few subjects get the the sustainable business world as excited as the conversation about definitions. Uh, I've been doing these conferences and meetings for over 20 years. And one thing you can always guarantee is a robust conversation about how things should be defined. And on the one hand, people say language matters and terminology is key. And on the other hand, we had just had a session where um, it was pointed out that really performance data is, is what tells us where we are, no matter what we call it but we all know the answer is somewhere in the middle. It's a complex area. And one of the things we've noticed from our previous conferences, um, lots of companies and and, uh, wine folks contacting us and wanting to have a further conversation about uh, the the idea of uh, a definition of sustainability about how we create better tools for global collaboration and how in particular, one can learn from all of these incredible bits of work being done from California to Chile, uh, to Argentina, to China, uh, and how they can be shared and learned from, because um, there's an awful lot of overlap and there's an awful lot of potential for efficiency. So um, a really interesting area that we, which we um, would like to explore in this session. Uh, Powell, maybe I should start with you. Give us an overview of, of the work that you've been doing in, in this bit and your views on this idea of something global and, and what the scope might be. Because, I mean, you have an enormous amount of resources at your disposal with OIV and a huge amount of interest in the space, I'd love to get a sense of where, where this is at from your point of view to start with.
3: Well, what um, it is interesting to know that uh, OIV has a definition of sustainability for wine uh, dating back from 2004, and and from that on, uh, we we followed a history of different resolutions to complete and go step by step. So the the, the the work is to gather all the experience and try to uh, match um, on an on a, um, agreed uh, text. You no, know, that's what it's called a resolution. And it needs to be done by consensus. So it needs to be done by the agreement of 48 member states. So then after we went in 2008 into the OIV guidelines for sustainable viticulture, Production and processing and packaging of products. In 2010, we had a definition of terroir, which a definition of terroir, in a way, it's a macrocosmic way of understanding, uh, call it an ecosystem in 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 which sustainability can be also um, uh, read in a way. And 2011, we had another guideline that substituted and as unsustainable. Uh, yeah, that, and, and also we uh, defined it, uh, the scope to table grapes and raisins and then in 2016 there had a general principles on sustainability on social and cultural aspects. In 2018, uh, there was an OIV protocol for the sustainable use of water in viticulture. So, and at the end in 2020 we have had. Uh, The Guidelines of the Implementation of Principles of Sustainability in Vitimidine Culture that, uh, in a way, they abrogate uh, some of the previous texts. So it's in continuous evolution. A a definition, it's not something, definition can can stand in time, but a guideline needs to be adapted and enriched with all these experiences and And at the end, we try to put everything together of what's been done and and created a great agreement so in order to have uh, resolutions that can be a way to inspire uh legislation as well
0: so your work is is guidance for governments to then interpret in a national context
3: it is It is exactly like this and It's in the text, on the basic text of the OIV, the agreement of 2001, that says that to hear and to check what the necessities are from the industry and from the producers and from the consumers in order to make resolutions and uh, for the government. So in a way, we are... Trying to hear everything that is going on, trying to gather all this experience and to give those guidelines to governments, to the 48 governments that are members of the OIV. So Chile is a member, for example, but uh, USA is not a member.
0: So um, I guess there's varying uptake among those governments in terms of how seriously they take it and work on implementation on the ground. I don't want to get you in any political trouble, pal, but are you able to tell us which governments you see as being the most proactive in implementing the work you've been doing? <clears throat>
3: Some there is uh, there is not a checking a continuous check of the uh, on the way that. The resolutions of the OIV are being implemented, so that this—it's difficult to see who are the ones that are best in class. Uh, but I have to tell you that Argentina adopted a very fast um, uh, guideline that was inspired in the one that the OIV uh, accorded or agreed in 2020, uh, this is just, um, just an administrative uh, reality. Some, somebody that takes the guideline and just almost copy-pastes it. Uh, so that, this doesn't mean that they are the best because they, they have to implement it. So. And, and it is very important uh, you know, to, to implement all the principles. Mm, one of them is, and I want to read it. Uh, it's the the principle of uh, uh, really going to check everything and to have key performance indicators and to and to uh, to have the implementation. No, this is uh, this is the most important part. No, and this is something that we cannot see at this moment. Maybe we will continue and, and work will be done. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you. Um, so Andres, logical then question to you about the Argentinian uh, landscape or experience here. Um, uh, what impact has this had and what, what are your views on this subject uh, in general? G-
2: generally, I, I can say that here in, in Argentina, beyond what this, the, the local government set of rules tend to be more, more, more generic. We have worked uh, similar to the Chilean case when we cluster and we, we create a, a protocol of sustainability from uh, uh, with the background of our camera the, the, that is Bodegas de Argentina. And we have been working year to year to to improve the that program. But I would like to be more general or be an a step forward of that. You have to imagine as Grupo inea one of the largest organic producers here in Argentina, we sell to 50 countries, and to sell to 50 countries, you need to certify many things, you know, sustainability, you need to certify food safety, we certify organic but from USA, from Argentina, for Brazil, for USA, all different protocols of organic, we certify Bodegas Argentina's sustainability protocol, we certify fair trade, we certify ethical trade with Smetasex, so, and we also receive different certification from many of our clients. So you can imagine that this is a lot to handle. And I think we need also to take care that for many of these topic, they have already brought this discussion. For for example, for food safety, there are different standards, but they, there is a global food safety initiative that get to say like, well, this is the standard the set of rules. These are the technical equivalents. And I think that was very important for the moment. So if you have different food safety certification you know where to find this technical equivalence but also we need to recognize that a set of rules and standard is not a built program and I think that Alison can give a great example of a program on sustainability should be more than than a set of rules and also this global food safety initiative create this recognition to say like this program is recognized by this global food safety initiative so there you have like a a way to unify things but keep this local flavor. And I can I, I can quote similar initiative for the ethical trade programs. When you have Amphory, more European view is the business social compliance initiative, and you have a more USA-based like SEDEX that all, also have this kind of audit, and they have managed to come together to find some common ground and some uh, place where they say, like, well, this is equivalent you don't need to get a, an an extra uh, internal audit for fair trade you have something very similar where the fair world projects make a guideline to say like these all are all these different labels that we consider that follow the concept of fair trade and also in in other aspects, like good agriculture practice you can say that we have Global Gap, we we have the Sustainable Agriculture Initiative, and they all managed to come together to get this, this is partially equivalent, this is equivalent if you get this amount of points. What I am wanted to say, or looking forward with with, with these all examples, that many of these topics are already covering sustainability, so if we want to get to this common ground, I think there is a lot of good examples that we can get to, but we have to get together with all these different organizations and try to find which has this set of rules. I don't think that will be very worthy find this one for rule it all solution. I think, so. I think that will be worth, not the best use of our time, but find this set of rules that can make that this is the technical criteria for having equivalence. This is how we recognize programs, because it's very important not to lose all these Programs that we we have by the day we have here in Argentina the great programs they have there in California from low rules and how they manage to keep these local programs and, and a statewide program that represent mostly all USA so I think we we have a good chance here and probably the sustainable wine roundtable will be the first step to get all the people in the same table to start talking these, these issues.
0: Thank you, Andres. Yeah, that's certainly our intention. Elena, do you recognize that same challenge and, and need? I saw you nodding there, so I'm, I'm a, but please do build on that.
4: Yeah, well, first, I think what I recognize is that the concept of sustainability is the, is based on the scientific community, I mean, in United Nations, in Brundtland Convention and all that kind of things. I mean, we all know that the development that meets Need of present generation without compromise the development of the future generation. That is what sustainability is about, and that include you know not only the natural researchers but also the social. So this is a concept that everybody agrees you know. But the the things that sometimes in the wine industry we don't realize is that we are you know in the in the first concept of sustainability. I mean. We have been here from 6,000 years before Christ. That is to be sustainable, you know, for me, because sustainable is to be durable on time. With the so we have been doing forever. So, and the other aspect that I think we should uh, focus to see that we have an opportunity is that together with that, we have a history of very long-term institution or organization like Pau. Hi, Paul. nice to see you. <laughs> uh, 100 years, uh, you know, we have FIPS, we have in different other aspects, World Wine Trade Group, we have been working in associative basis, all the different national uh, wine industries. I've been working with Allison, we have been working with Andres. So this industry is very particular in how has been dealing with everything in associative basis. So I think in that we have a very powerful opportunity to go for another step so chile is part of this you know and we have been doing like mm. 15 years ago we took the knock the the door of allison uh, for learning more and we developed our own standard but it's because we are working all together
3: that's when i say something it's very important um you you brought on board a new concept that it's very linked to to sustainability which is resilience and that's something to to face climate change so so this is something it's it's a it's um a result of applying for sustainability and and then you have resilience and what andres is saying and it's it's also very important he prones for um more than harmonization Principle for, for kind of mutual recognition, which is something that it's also a, when when you start on some ideas and some uh, type of rulings and and different, it's very it's not wise to go directly to harmonize. It is good to have kind of balance checking and try to match all the different initiatives by accepting. Uh, what the other one's doing and, and kind of, kind of seeing some benefits from the other one and applying it to you. And then, you know, the market can match all that at the end. Uh, So starting with setting some strict rules doesn't work. It's something that, and, and the initiative from the base is so important and, and that's, 't bother I wouldn't bother too much, I wouldn't worry about these so many initiatives, so many labels, so many, because at the end the market and the it's, it's also ecology, this you, you have natural selection. so it, it will bring everything in, in order because we are all working in the good direction. so
0: thank you yeah that's a uh, very very important and helpful comments thank you pal alison let me bring you in here um if, if you have any comment on what you've heard already but also more generally on on the subject itself obviously uh, the wine institute has done a huge amount of work in this space and, um, and is continuing to lead so i'd love to hear your point of view
5: sure and i definitely fully agree with what's been said so far um i think one of the most frustrating things i hear is that sustainability isn't yet defined for the wine industry and i just don't think that's the case there's been these decades of work already underway. And we have worked um, to develop these common definitions and principles, both internationally and domestically. So I think one of the challenges is that sustainability is complex by nature, and region and even site specific. So that communications piece, I think is, is where some of this, there's no definition comes in, where in reality, groups like FIVS, which uh, has been been referenced, but for those who don't know it, it's an international federation that works for the overall sustainability of the global alcohol beverage sector. And it actually is organized around this concept of sustainability. And its membership produces more than, I think, three quarters of wine that's part of international trade. So definitely a really important player. Um, And as Powell mentioned, um, really in the early 2000s, FIVS and OIV developed these sustainability principles. Um, so FIBS is called the Global Wine Producers Environmental Sustainability Principles. FIVS also has social sustainability principles. And then over the last two years, um, California, the Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance has worked with organizations in California, Oregon, New York, and Washington, all of which are working on these topics um, to create a common definition of principles very consistent with the international ones. So I think in all of them, one thing that um, we've we've talked about, um, the environmental piece of the puzzle and whether it should be vineyards and wineries or beyond, and where that ends. And we definitely view communities as part of sustainability. So just to throw that in there. Um, and really I think it is this work that happens on the ground in various wine regions around the world, including California, that they, these programs can be consistent with the definitions and principles, but the programs can really address some of the local conditions like weather, climate, soils, water availability, pest pressures, different pest, pest pressures. Um, and then also that really important piece that Andre mentioned about providing outreach and tools and education, um, all of that really supports on the ground implementation, which I think at the end of the day is what we're all aiming for. So honestly, I don't think there's anything that can replace that peer to peer education and sort of that friendly competition to be more sustainable and to really encourage neighbors to do the same. And the last thing I'll mention beyond just the wine um, principles and definitions that we've mentioned, there are international sustainability protocols that are already in place And one of the ways that we made sure that our program is adhering to those international standards was by having an outside consultant group, SCS Global Services, basically use some of those ISO and the ICO credibility principles to be sure that that our program is adhering to that. And another um, international standard that people might be familiar with is the farm sustainability assessment that was developed by the Sustainable Ag Initiative. And so we worked with another outside consultant to benchmark our program against that for equivalency. So I think some of those existing standards might be a really useful way um, if programs are interested in ensuring that they're meeting those international standards and yet at the same time preserving all of those really important local conditions and the support network that really makes a difference on the ground.
0: Thanks very much, Alison. Um, Richard, let me let me turn to you. Um, the wine industry... Uh, accidentally has wide impacts not just through its product but also through the distribution and use of that we recently ran a conference through my other business uh, innovation forum last week on scope three uh, and what companies are doing about scope three climate emissions and it's a pretty scary world out there when you start looking at scope three climate uh, and what needs to be done about it so every industry has a broad value chain they're now starting to look seriously where those impacts are and it's interesting to me that lots of companies are in the wine sector are also taking at this wider interest. Now, Richard, uh, what, what are your views on all this? Uh, very interested to hear your reflections on what you've heard and, and, and on the question itself.
1: Well, I have to say I've been so absorbed listening to the speakers that I've, I've, I've totally forgotten what I was going to present, which is probably just as well. Um, and it, it, what, what I've heard just in the last 20 minutes reinforces exactly what I felt over the last two or three years while becoming better acquainted with with the whole sustainability sector, is that there is so much really good work being done already. And as Alison was explaining, that there is this work being done already benchmarking against international standards and that sort of thing, which is, which is wholly admirable. And yes, I, I applaud all of that. I can't help thinking, though, that there is a gap between what the industry is doing and what the consumer, the wine consumer sees. And that's my concern. We know there is lots of research that shows that the the consumer in many markets is wants to be reassured of a product sustainability credentials. That's becoming more important. At the moment, that's very difficult for wine to do I think the wine, I think the, the sustainability programs already out there are doing a great job of that, often on a local basis. But much wine these days, I can't remember what the figures are, but I think it's over 50% of wine is traded internationally. And I think that's why I think it's important that somehow we have to try and find some means of communicating wine sustainability credentials to the consumer which in a way which is easily understood. At the moment, there are the fragmentation of of programs in some ways is a cultural delight. It's fabulous to have that diversity. That fragmentation is in some ways something to be celebrated. It shows how diverse the wine world is. But that doesn't necessarily make it easy for the customer to understand. And look, maybe maybe I'm a dreamer. I probably am. But I can't help thinking that if we were starting all of this all over again, if we were starting to create the sustainability definition for wine and the program, that the consumer would probably play a bigger part in what we're trying to achieve and communicate. And that we would try to come up with some means of communicating successfully with the and more effectively with the consumer. Um, that's why. I can't help the, the, the global standard. I, I take Powell's point that wine, we don't like to see it as a commodity. It is a luxury product. It's a cultural product. But at the same point, I think for the, for the customer, for some customers, the majority of wine possibly is sold as a commodity, particularly many of the wines that are shipped around the world. I think we've just got to try and make it easier for them to understand. And, but the good thing is, in our favour, much of this work has already been done in other sectors as you've pointed out whether it's palm oil or coffee or uh, seafood um the work has already been done the 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 concept of a round table to try to bring about some sort of global standard it is the work has been done that the template if you want the precedent has been set now uh, I, the last thing I want you to think, and I, I'm really not—I I don't want to replace or duplicate anything that is already out there. The programmes that are out there, whether it's individual companies, um, wine-producing areas, or international organisations like FIBS and OIV, the work is outstanding. There's nothing. There's no point trying to replace that. It would be ludicrous. But I can't help feeling that we there are ways of working that could be a way of working together to try to find some way of communicating more successfully the really best bits of what we're doing to the public. Um, that's really what we're trying to set out to do. And I, 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 as I say, I'm impressed by the work that all of you are doing in your different fields. I'd love to think that we'd be able to work, we'd be able to work alongside each other in future to try and uh, communicate some of this good work more successfully to the public.
0: Thanks very much, Richard. Um, Anyone else like to add a question into the chat? We've seen lots of good comments in here, which I think is is really, really helpful. Uh, I have posted a link to the Sustainable Wine Roundtable. Obviously this conversation is not just about that, and it's a very nascent organisation, but I'd love to hear more thoughts from the panel or from from our our our, 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 our viewers in the chat function. So who has something they want to add at this stage on on, on the debate conversation we've got to so far? To see who's going so to put. One, some- oh, Allison, sorry. Go. No, Alison, please. No, go. I was just
5: going to respond to Richard's comments, which I thought were really thoughtful and great. And um, I do feel like that we're seeing some evolution in what consumers are thinking and how they're thinking about this, and a greater understanding and a desire. And it's just one of those, because of all this work that's being done and has been done, I find. The complexities of thinking about how you come up with a common single standard for all countries, all wine regions, really, really daunting. (laughs) Um, Just knowing what it's like to have an hour debate about one practice within our 200 practices covered in the California Code of Sustainable Wine Growing every time we update it, which is a really important part of the process and just the debate that goes on about what truly is best practice. I think that's some of the value we bring to you. And um, again, peers to peer, peer to peer having that conversation. So just thinking about how you talk about water when you're dealing with vast differences within the state of California, let alone um, in France where it rains a lot and in many other wine regions with so many differences. So how do you come up with a standard um, for some of these issues when there's such vast diversity, which is part of the beauty of our product is that it does come from all of these really diverse wine regions and climates and geographies and soils, etc. cetera.
4: So, uh, Toby, can I add something to the thing that Alison said? No, sure. And uh, you know that a, uh, it is clear that uh, we have been working in these different standards because sustainability has a different application locally. I mean it's like you say water well social. Chile has to prove a lot of things in the social uh, points that uh, maybe France has not to do, you know. So it's quite different. But the point here is that uh, and you talked about mutual recognition agreement, That we have the opportunity because we have the institution, we have the benchmark, we have the history in this standard, so we could sit together and try to have a minimum common. Uh, things you know it's like in the trend to a mutual recognition agreement because it has to be different in its part it's, it's the meaning of sustainability we could work in that line because you talk about the consumer I mean Richard talk about the consumer but we cannot forget that the consumer is responding to the things that the buyer is demanding us so I mean if if we like industries and institution, international institution work together that we have been done and create this kind of a benchmark and, and work together and, and incorporate you know, the buyers and, and we have a, a unique voice. Maybe we can educate the consumer, but in, in, in the, in the mid time, we just trying to communicate directly to the consumer and the buyer are demanding other things not going
0: to work. Thank you. Andres, Andres, let me bring you in here.
2: Yes, let me just uh, bring a reflection to the table I think regarding education. I I think also we need to focus on what we have done very good as an industry. We have uh, educated our consumer that terroirs are something that give a sense of origin to a wine, a sense of complex aroma, that the soil brings calcareous soil, bring different things to the table when you bring wine, that great variety, that great region, great origin, that food pairing, all very complex complex topics that we have already teach the consumer. Well, we have failed horrible when we try to approach sustainability in the consumer. So I, I think we, we can learn what we have already done with these complex issues that we have $5 wines that that look for a terroir in, in the world and the consumer and, the, and understand that. Well, we need to bring that to the table and say like, well, we failed to do it with sustainability. What we can do now to teach our co- consumer and educate them on what the different sense of sustainability means. I, I think we have already success in this complex topic. I don't think why we cannot do it uh, with sustainability.
3: Now that- well, I I would like you to um, well uh, anyway to take a look at the on the resolution of OIV of two thousand and twenty because it contains many general principles and things that are very um, large in terms of scope and they cover all the possibilities. So this is this has been a tremendous effort of uh, you know in OIV. Uh, the, the way of adopting resolutions is very um, guaranteed so it it gives a lot of guarantees to the to the member states and to the stakeholders and in, in it's step to step it goes through seven steps and and it takes two year and a half at least to 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 have a a work uh, of this kind, and it's it is interesting to see at this very general guideline, but it covers many things. So that I encourage you to to read it because I think it's it, it's the experience of many many of those different guidelines and different. Uh, so it's an effort of condensation in a way. So that's one thing uh, concerning what. The consumer wants, and the consumer is demanding many times very simplified, simplified ways of uh, communication, which is, as Richard said, it's it's a very complex and Toby also, this is a complex issue that we make we need to make and industry has to make it simple in a way to communicate this, and sometimes. The consumer is demanding more uh, than what we can offer. At this moment, there is this big discussion on natural wines. What is behind this? What's behind this discussion? Minimum intervention, less inputs. These are very simple things, but they are complex to attain. And so we are all working on that. You know, it's it's something that the effort is tremendous. And by doing that, we are curiously, by trying to find this balance between what consumer demands and what we can offer as industry. And I'm saying that because uh, FIPS is part of the OIB. And we are trying to... uh, a way we are making it perfect. It's a perfect machine to, to, to adapt our industry to climate change. And this is the new economy. So sustainability could be a parameter for a new economy instead of growth. Sustainability is a way to grow. So that is a, a way to parametrize or to give a measure of that new economy that we are trying to reach. The only thing is that we, don't, we cannot measure in a simple way as growth. Uh, you know, you, you compare all economies and what's the growth in China, what's the growth in, 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 in different countries. So, What's sustainability in those countries? Could we imagine having an index of national sustainability or of growth in a way that it's sustainable? That would be, that would be really uh, a sustainable world. So that's, we, are, we are contributing a little bit with our small economy, but we are an example also. And some people say that we are the cannery of uh, the miner in a very contaminated place, you see. So um, being first sometimes it's difficult. Um, you you mentioned also some general commodities like palm oil and like, um, okay, they, yes, they can be uh, expressed in terms of sustainability, but sometimes if you look at some issues like social sustainability or like community link or what the territory represents and what, uh, because we need also to, to, to have economic sustainability. So uh, the distribution of, uh, of benefits all along the value chain in wine, it's an example. It's paradigmatic. And this is also A way of sustainability the distribution of uh, different uh, centers of profit and people say oh that brings a lot of atomization and it's mm, uh, it's a fragmented world but well fragmentation and you said that also richard it's also diversity biodiversity is an asset of uh, And so why economy shouldn't follow the patterns of nature. So that's, those are my reflections as well.
0: Thank you. Um, lots of great conversation happening in the chat. Um, Tonya put in a comment. I'm just going to read a bit of it because it's quite long. But she, said, she says that principles are useful for creating a common foundation. At the same time, is there a useful discussion around outcomes rather than actions or inputs? And that, that question is really at the crux of much of the debate and challenges around sustainable business. Um, you know, to the point earlier about, you know, does it matter what we call it or does it matter what we can show that we're performing against? And I think that's a really interesting question. Um, Elena, you're nodding there, so I'm going to come to you to, to comment on that point. Uh,
4: well, uh- something, but uh, sorry, but I didn't ask you something because you say that you have been in, in other industries before before the wine industry related to this. And I, and I wonder if in the other industry, did you see uh, that level of collaboration between uh, specific to a sustainability issues, you know? Because I, I think maybe that we are uh, also a very special industry because we work together with the Americans, with the Australian, with the New Zealand guys in, in in sustainability. Even if we are competing in the markets, so I wonder if in the other industry we have that situation or it's quite different. Or
0: um so I, I yeah I have another business uh, which is much bigger than this that that, that works across supply chains in many industries. Um, And uh, we do a lot of free publishing and we do a lot of conferences working with agriculture and innovation. And we've referenced, Power referenced some of the other industry bodies that have been created. Um, RSPO, there's Bonsucro, there's something coffee, Um, And one of the things we we think the wine industry can really learn from is the experiences of these other roundtables and multi stakeholder initiatives, they have made every possible mistake in palm oil you could ever make, Uh, you go 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 and dream up the wildest mistake you could make in palm oil, they did it twice, Um, you know, we've seen it in multiple commodities so um, one of our, our founding members uh, of the Roundtable is, is Chris Willey, who's on this call, who's one of the founders of the Rainforest Alliance. And if you know anything about agricultural sustainability, you know, the Rainforest Alliance has done more than just about any other organization to create sustainable agriculture standards for, for coffee and cocoa and other commodities. So we really think there's a huge amount to be learned. And I have, I'm getting emails every day from really senior people in other industries saying, I heard you've got this wine thing. Um, how can I talk to the wine industry? And I'm just writing back saying, there's no money here. (laughs) And they're saying, I don't care. I love wine and I see an opportunity. And the the energy from outside the industry to come in and talk uh, about what's been learned, to help the industry kind of punch above its weight. And we used that term earlier. um, But I really think the, the influence of the wine industry can really... leveraged uh, around the things Richard was talking about, you know, engaging consumers. And look, I have to say, in 20 something years of looking at consumer products and sustainability, the wine industry does the worst job. I mean, talk about the biggest wasted opportunity for consumer engagement in a product I've ever seen on sustainability. Wine is number one. (laughs) <laughs> now that can change uh, there's a huge amount that can and will be done but the opportunity is massive um, but I'm supposed to be the moderator so I'll, I'll stop now and perhaps hand over to Richard who might want to act to, to build on that point
1: oh, golly I don't know where to go I've, I've found it trying to there's been so much interesting chat uh, both from the speakers and in the, the the written chat it's been hard to to follow all of this um I do I do have a question really for pow in fact And it's really about the, because you mentioned Paul, that the OIV is you're a you are partly a standard setting organization. And so I'd be interested to know whether you do envisage the OIV having any direct communication with the the public, or would you expect that to go through the states and organizations that, that are your members? And if so, how could that be improved? Oh,
0: pal, you're on mute. You've got on mute. Just uh, turn, hit the mute button, pal. We can't hear you. You're still on mute, pal. Okay. Oh, now you're Sorry,
3: on. I started answering the the question, and, and now
0: now you have to remember what you
3: were saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying that um, the objective of the organization is, uh, of course, to communicate to the member states. the The, the member states are the owners of uh, of the thing, so uh, we report to them, mm-hmm. and we have some um, we have some Uh, observer members like FIBS or or others. No, but they are very, very important. They have very important contributions uh, because member states, they cannot be the only receivers and at the the same time generate initiatives. The initiatives have to be generated from society. So uh, communication directly to the consumers, it's something that the private industry has to do. Uh, we are not, uh, we don't have uh, the ambition to have, uh, the, uh, if it's a result from an action, and th- there is a, of course, there is, we, we are very concerned with transparency. And there we need to communicate what we do. But it's beyond that, we don't have a proactive propaganda type of activity you see because it's not in our objectives Uh, just to help the sector yes we have some competitions for wine and things like this that are uh, a way to have um, some type of communication for the good of wine and being uh, the legitimacy of the product that's something that we are very concerned about and our relations with World Health Organization. That's because we have an overlapping, uh, some type of overlapping objectives. There are ours in the specificity of, of uh, health concerns issues and and public health issues. So those are the areas in which transparency are very important. And therefore, we are we are proactive in terms of communication. Because of ensuring the transparency of what we do, but we don't have a, a, a say a drive for uh, propagating uh, some of the, of the things because they they are yeah. they are on the hands of the governments but mainly the private sector. Okay. do you agree on that? I would like to see your reaction also on that type of statement. <laughs>
1: I, I, I understand that it's not, that's not really your remit. And I, th- I think you're absolutely right. And as I say, I think there's really good work being done by the private sector already. I think the sustainability programs are all doing a good job, but their impact is diluted by their fragmentation. I guess that mm-hmm. is my, my, my concern. And I, I can't help feeling there must be some way of trying to to bring those together, to use some of the knowledge and experience that's out there, to 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 bring to bring some of those. Yeah. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. Uh, sorry, Andreas mm-hmm. talks about equivalences, and that's what it's about. It's about equivalences, not replacement, not duplication. It's, it's about equivalences and understanding those. I think
3: and seeing how
1: we can... It is,
3: it is very important to, in, our, in, our, in the guide for in the guidelines that we approved in 2020, there is a strong reference and very important reference to uh, corporate bodies of, uh, for, for wines that are normally regional or national, they, they have a role there and they're, 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 they are recognized as a vector for uh, diffusion and also gathering stakeholders and this is very important in a sector which is uh, as I say fragmented, but I insist I think this is a positive thing having a fragmented sector, it's kind of biodiversity and and this increases also the resilience and the capacity of uh, of to react but uh, it is true that uh, we there are some agreements uh, uh, they are very um, clear in terms of in Europe uh, you have uh, around the geographical indications you have corporate bodies you have in Argentina also uh, groups of companies and interprofessionals and things that and the wine industry, the, the, the wine institute. So their role, it's more important than in other, in wine, These type of organizations are farther uh, more important than in other uh, groups uh, of uh, industries which are just lobbyists. And here it's not, here it's really, they substitute this lack of uh, dimension and that's very important. The role of these organizations are so important.
4: Yeah, I, I, I fully agree with Paul in the sense that it, the communication should be private, but when we say private, maybe we say associative private. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. like wine, of, a wine Institute or Wines of Chile or Wines of Argentina. And we have that basis, we have been done. The other point that we have to consider to make a communication to the consumer is that sometimes we need the big buyers because we know how is this market works and in the monopolies or in the you know this we cannot communicate what we want. We have to communicate in the way that they communicate. So I think if we could join all the work that we have been done in associative national level together with some of the international institutions, and we go with this very science-based work uh, to the buyers also, we can create a communication uh, together for the consumers. But uh, other way, if we go directly as, for example, Wines of Chile that we are doing with a program for communicate sustainability. But sometimes then we go to, um, to System Bolaget or we go to, and you Andres mentioned Amphory or whatever, or Canada, uh, SAQ or LCBO. And we cannot communicate in that sense that we, we want it. So this is a thing that we have the power to do because we have the, the word the history, that this is something that you cannot buy. Two, uh, two decades two decades of working together, the sustainability and have this principle and have this group in FIPS, in OIB. It's something that we have already. So if we put mm-hmm. all together in mutual recognition agreement in minimum common uh, checklist and we go to the guys, we can create the communication.
1: Elena, I'm really pleased you mentioned the retailers because I think that's that's critical. It it is the retailers have the most uh, natural and direct point of contact with the public, and that's why, as I think you know, with our with our round table, we've worked really hard to to try and make sure the retailers are engaged with what we're doing, and they are. The retailers are very interested in what we're doing because it would make their job it could make their job easier if uh, if we would try to if we if we could tr- somehow try to find some sort of standard that we could work on but but yes they, they are critical to the whole thing definitely thank you richard
0: so um, I think, oh, sorry, sorry alison go ahead i just
5: wanted to jump in with I, the, the point has been made in chat and just to build on what richard was just saying i do think who is at the table really matters and it's one of the other challenges i see with the round table just in general, time and money, you know. So there's only a li- limited number of hours in the day and dollars to spend. And I know that our goal is really to focus on our industry, and that's diverse enough with 5,900 growers and 4,100 wineries um, all over the state. So trying to think about how do you get those right people to the table. Yes, there are, and there are ongoing dialogues with retailers too. They're really an important part of the puzzle. But you also need to have the wineries and the the wine grape growers at the table, I think, and our stakeholders. So it's just one of those challenges of how do you put together something that um, really does recognize all of the work that has already been gone into it, the millions of dollars that have been spent, the work of FIVS and OIV and many other organizations um, and do it in a way that's really fair um, and recognizes all the diversity. So those are just some of the challenges that I see.
0: Yeah, I think they're all very reasonable ones, Alison. And, and I think nobody said this sort of thing would be easy. Um, I think uh, for those of us involved in the round table, we've seen this happen in other industries. We, we've seen how it works and, and how it doesn't work. We've been frustrated at the slow pace of change in those industries uh, and are excited about the opportunity to, to have an accelerated pace of change in the wine sector. But of course, fully acknowledging everything you said, nothing good is easy. Um, and it's about, about taking small steps to start. And I think we we will be having um, a more public event ourselves about our plans to do that. Um, uh, you can't do the whole thing at once. So we will be reporting on further detailed plans in September for the roundtable. Um, so I think I'm going to bring this to a close now. Uh, we... Uh, have a couple of minutes on the schedule, but uh, we're going to run over time if we open up another avenue of debate. So I would just like to thank our panel, Richard Bamfield, MW, Andres Valero from Grupo Vineo, Paulo from OIV, Helena Carretero, Car- Car- sorry, Elena, from Santa Rita, and Alison Jordan from the Wine Institute. It's been a fantastic uh, discussion. Uh, really looking forward to comments and feedback. And of course, this session will be uh, released as an audio file when we can get it edited. In the meantime, uh, we'll take a quick break. After lunch, we're having breakout rooms, which means you need to look at your agenda. So you don't all have to come back here because that'll be everybody in one room. So look at your agenda, see what you want to go to and click on the link where it says Zoom link. Um, if that's too technical, just send us a message. Uh, and we'll send, uh, we'll send a further training manual over. But uh, have a look at your agenda, decide where you want to go, and please do join one of our breakouts in about uh, 53 minutes' time. So we'll see you then. Have a great lunch uh, or dinner, wherever you are in the world. And uh, thank you again to the panel for an excellent session. Thanks again.